0: You are now tuned into Shotgun Sports Sports USA. Sports USA, powered by Winchester. Recorded in the U.S. and streaming all over the world. We talk to shotgun shooters from all disciplines, championship winning coaches, gun clubs, world-class target setters, vendors, and industry-leading companies that fuel the sport. If you are into clay target sports, you are at the right place for insider information from some of the best in the world every Every single single week. week. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and connect with us on social media. You can also catch our episodes on ShotgunSportsUSA.com.
1: Legendary Winchester AA shot shells are used throughout the world by millions of shooters. One specific AA target load that has everyone talking is the AA Diamond Grade. The Diamond Grade Elite target load has 8% anemone shot. It's the hardest shot available for crushing clays and it's copper plated.
0: Winchester double It's the choice of champions. Being a brand name in the clay target industry, Rick Hemingway has said, Have you ever noticed almost all major sporting events are being run by Pro-Matic traps? Think about that statement for a minute. He's right and you may want to consider that before making your next purchase. Rick is the largest ProMatic dealer specializing in individual and commercial trap sales. Rick provides skeet, trap, Five stamp and sporting clays, designs, installs, and service. He also offers accessories such as solar panels, wireless release systems, as well as the hottest item on the market, the Claybot by Renair Products. Visit www.backwoodsquailclub.com or give him a call at 843-546-1466.
1: My guest on the show today owns and operates Fennell Shooting School out of Sharon, South Carolina. He has been involved in this sport for a long time and his accomplishments are definitely something to brag about. I'm glad to have him on with me today. Please welcome Will Fennell. Will, what's up?
2: Not much, buddy. Good to hear from you, man.
1: Yeah, you know, I was going to call you a little earlier, but I figured you just got home from driving back from Nationals.
2: I've been back a couple of days, but it was a long trip, no doubt about it.
1: <laughs> how, how long does it take you to get from San Antonio back to your house?
2: Well, I usually, like this trip, when I finished up Sunday evening, I drove uh, to Houston. I'd been teaching a week before at a Westside Sporting Place, mm-hmm. or Westside Shooting Ground, excuse me, they call it Sporting Ground. Um, so I, I, had a room there at one of their, one of their guest houses. So I just pile in there late uh, Sunday night, sleep a few hours, got up. And from h- West side of Houston in Katy, Texas, it was 15 and a half hours the rest of the way home. And West side's about three hours, three and a half hours from the gun club. So 18 and a half hours, 19 hours.
0: Yeah.
1: It, like it, it, it it took me a week to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a that's a good point you brought up west side sporting grounds and you were teaching there um tell me a little bit about what you do there before uh Nationals.
2: you know it's a i started uh i met the owners from west side through henry hopking uh the mental trainer that i work with a lot out of the uk mm-hmm. and uh lori daniel the, it's a couple that owns the place lori and dan Daniel. lori was coming to see henry and and she actually came to work with henry here at fennel shooting school Mm -hmm. and while they were here, uh, she got a lesson from me, and we kind of hit it off, and I started coaching her a couple years ago. So they'd really been after me to come out there and teach at their club, and I'd been to Westside 10, 15, probably 15 or 20 years ago for some tournaments. It was a nice little club kind of out in the countryside and didn't think that much about it. I went back this – when did I go back? I guess I went back last fall. Uh, for the first time, and it is a stunning club. I mean, it really is. It's got three uh, courses one's got two machines station, one's got, and then the other two have four machines per station, couple five stands, big teaching area, 110 foot tower, a uh, helice ring, all this cool stuff. So, um, I've been starting to go out there and teach a bit and uh, put together something kind of fun. For leading into Nationals, uh, it was myself there. Jim Greenwood rolled in uh, on his way to San Antonio and set up and, and did pattern stocks fittings for a week while I was there. And then Dr. Rich Colo, uh, our eye guru, he was going to come to Nationals for the first time and he stopped in, San, in um, at Westside and did clinic there for a week. So all three of us were there at the same time. Great synergy. If I had somebody with an ISU, I could go over and take them and hand them off to colo and if somebody needed some stock work done i could run over and see jim and if somebody couldn't mount the gun jim could send them to see me and we, it was just a great great week uh we were kind of calling it sporting plays Lollapalooza. there was so much stuff going on but um <laughs> well, it's a really really cool place and i tell you for me it's a great place to be at for a little while before nationals because there's just something about the targets in texas just to us people in the Southeast, they just look a little different. They're, the air looks a little different. The backgrounds look a little different. Um, and to get out there, I, I taught whew, 48 hours of instruction in a week, uh, but saved a couple hours every day in the afternoon to go shoot by myself and then uh, and then took a few days off after that leading up to nationals and did a little more serious practice and relaxed a little bit and practiced and, and got ready for nationals. Shot quite a few targets and they just have limitless, limitless possibilities to work on stuff at that club. And, uh, you know, some of the people coming through there was pretty telling And I saw Joe Finnezy out there practicing on a regular basis leading up to nationals to, i tell you what, that kid's serious about what he's up to. Uh, Cade Fagey was out there practicing with us and, Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the Houston area folks that that was a place they were warming up and getting ready for Nationals. And some people, uh, Jimmy Warren uh, and Harvey Schwartz from Georgia, mm-hmm. they they were flying out. They stopped in Houston and shot for a day with us. Nice. So there's a lot of people kind of figuring out that it's not a bad idea to kind of get to Texas a little early if you have the luxury of that kind of time and 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 warm up a couple of days.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, some people had mentioned to me that they were going earlier, and I wondered. You know, I've been to San Antonio a few times, and <laughs> I should have went and practiced myself. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah, so, it really
2: is. It's uh, it's a little overwhelming, you know, when you first yeah, get out there, yeah. and uh, there's so much going on. There's so many events, so much hoopla. There's so much, you know, activities and things and stuff going on. And you know, I had a I had a up and coming shooter ask me after the shoot. He said, you know. How 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 does how does Joe Fanisi do it? How does he how does he put up those monumental scores? And I said, Well, he's really focused on what he's doing. And uh yeah. the person asked me that, so what do you mean? I said, Well, he's not worried about going and talking to the next sponsor. He's not worried about how much fun he's gonna have at the at the pizza and beer party at the gun club afterwards. He's not worried about um, you know yeah other stuff he's right. there to win the national championships, and yeah. you could see it on his face the whole event. He was nice, he was pleasant, don't get me wrong, and you could tell Joe was having a good time, but Joe was there to win the national championships, and that was what was on his mind and you could see it a hundred yards away. oh yeah, and good and good on him,
1: yep, that's right. so teaching at West Side, and you have a few hours off every day and you took a couple of days to practice. Aren't you mentally drained after all this coaching and, and then heading uh, to nationals?
2: It's pretty, it's, yeah, it's different. A lot of people say, Oh, you know, coaching kills you shooting. And I've never believed that. And a lot of the guys that, that do what I do, the level I do, they have told me they feel the same way. It's not the coaching itself. No, it's the being on the range for seven or eight hours, nine hours. And when you're, when you're done at the end of the day, the last thing you want to do is go back out on the range. Right. It cuts into your practice because you lose, you know, the energy or the enthusiasm to go back out on that range. You've been on all day. And, you know, I had to make myself get, get my gun out at five o'clock and go back out and shoot for an hour and a half. Um, and I was getting pretty pumped up for this nationals. I was, I was pretty excited about it. So it wasn't too hard, but, um, I did need a couple days in there where I, well, I slept in a little bit and, Charged the batteries and, uh, and uh, you know, just kind of was about will time a little bit, not about worried about the next student. But, um, no, I don't find teaching hurts by shooting at all. Yeah. It, oh. it hurts my enthusiasm to go back out and practice. That's what it hurts. Right. Because you've just been standing on that range all day. But with a place like Westside where there there's so many different target presentations, the the ground crews out changing targets virtually daily. So there was always another experience, another target to figure out, another presentation. And, you know, they drive up and Daniel that works there would drive up and go, you know, Will, what, what do you want to see here? And I go, well, you know, we, don't, we had fun Rabu here and I hadn't seen a 70 Shondell lately. And you know, I go about two stations down and he comes by and says, it's set up for you. And you go back to the station, and he's just changed, brought a new machine in, you know, yeah. set new targets for you. So it's a pretty cool joint. It's um. It's one of my favorite clubs. It's private, but, uh, um, there's a lot of opportunity with, with people, you know, and friends and stuff to, to, to shoot there a little bit. So that's cool. It's a pretty cool place. I need to go check that out. You ought to come out there, buddy.
1: I need to check it out next year. I think I met her at the U S open this year. Mm -hmm.
2: Yep. You met her, uh, probably would meet open, uh, or Seminole cup maybe. Yeah. 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 we've we've been squatting together a good bit. um, She's a big Fetas shooter. So, Lori Daniels is uh, loves FITAS, loves Helese. She was ladies national champion a couple of years ago, last year. Nice. I think you so, told me that, yeah. yeah. I think you yeah. told me that, yeah. So, yeah, West Side is just working out amazing. Um, really enjoy teaching at that place. The market uh, around in Texas and in Houston in particular is huge. There's lots and lots and lots of shooters. Uh, really enjoyed a couple trips I made out there this year. So starting in 2022, I'm going to be making four trips a year to Westside. Uh, the first one's going to be in January. Second one is going to be in April between the Brown and briley and the World English. And then I'll set the dates for the next two. I'm sure the last one will probably be right for Nationals again. Yeah. So uh, that market's really working out for us. And I tell you, also gets chance, I get a chance to work with uh, my buddy Steve Liberta and, of course, Dan Carlisle. They're both in that area. And, uh, and we got kind of a uh, new up and comer also, uh, just, you've met Cade Fechi before.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Cade, Cade's a good kid. He's been working with, uh, Steve LaBerda primarily and Dan, uh, for gosh, I think since he was like 12 or something. And, uh, I've worked with him a little bit, mainly just kind of on his test mount and a couple things like that, but I've really gotten to know the kid real well. The kid he's a nice young man. Um, heck of a shot. And uh, we've got Cade starting to teach a little bit. And uh, he'll be working, I think, primarily out of Westside. So the students that I see out there on my four trips, if they need help in the meantime, before I get back, Cade can can help them out. Uh, It's a good young man. He's got really good teaching skills, really good people skills. And I think he's going to make a fine young instructor.
1: Yeah, you know, I always wondered who coached him. Now I do. Now I know. Yep. Steve Liberta. Nice. Okay. Well,
2: good. Yep. Steve produced a lot of great uh youth shooters out there he has i know Halen hanks with him. yeah Halen hanks megan lots yep. of but yep. uh, Bajali. Mm-hmm. so um lots of good kids but um anyway kate's kate's good kid uh he's taking it real serious he he followed me around he follows steve around he followed uh dr colo around while he was out there learning and learning more so he can be a better teacher and uh i think he'll do fine well good
1: yep. so let's let's speak just we talked about nationals for a second have you have you seen the wind like it was this year and previous years? Yeah. Okay.
2: Maybe not for as many days, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's Texas, man. Right. It it blows out there, and and you can, you know, you just hit the wrong course on the wrong day. And now one of the things I do like now with that main road that runs through the middle of the the, the grounds, and you know, the courses are kind of all along that one north south uh, excuse me east west road. Right. Um, half of each course faces north and half faces south so you know yeah that helps mitigate things a little bit you know
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
2: because each day you're going to shoot some of your stations facing north and some facing south as opposed to all of them facing one way and you get hammered and then the next day the wind blows the other way and kills you in the other direction um but that's just a that's a tough thing and that's a that uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurdles with nationals. It's a grind. It's a lot of, you know, the main event. is forty stations. Think about that, forty stations. Yeah, it's a bunch. And you spread it over two days. You spread it over four. There's still we still argue back and forth which is better. I personally prefer and enjoy shooting the four day traditional rotation, but the argument could be made that if you gamble uh and do it over two days, you, know, you got less opportunity to have a really bad weather day in there. Yeah. But or if you have a bad weather day, it just completely wipes you out one or the other. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me so, ask you this. And you probably don't know the answer to this, or maybe you do. Has anyone ever won the nationals off the two day
2: rotation? Uh no, unless Bubba Walton did when he won it. But that was kind of a messed up year all the way around. I think Bubba did. Okay. But that was, again, that whole year was kind of messed up because of the flood and yeah. the way they had to solve the nationals. Not not taking anything away from Bubba at all, but um, it, there was a lot of abnormalities going on that year, but I think no one on any other year has won it in two-day.
1: Yeah. So
2: we'll just, could be wrong. We'll just, exactly. four,
1: well, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll just stick with the four-day. correct me. Probably. We'll just stick with a four-day in hopes that we'll win it. You don't know. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? yeah. So I think the only thing that got blown around out there or only thing that didn't get blown around out there was me. And you you probably (laughs) you know. Yeah, I mean the win
2: was it was tough. Don't get me wrong. I mean I shot um Thursday and Friday in it. Friday wasn't quite as bad, but Thursday was tough. And on Thursday I shot the green at eight o'clock, then I shot two parkours of Vitas, and then I shot the cake up and uh that was too much in one day. It's just, I kind of didn't have any choice. Kind of broke one of my own rules. I usually try not to shoot more than about 175 birds in a day during nationals. I shot more that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was pretty wore out yeah. going around the end of, uh, in that k up.
1: You know, I was talking to someone the other day about this. And that is, we we're talking about being tired of shooting the same courses every time you go to nationals. So if you're going to shoot the main event, it's all on one road. And then the K cups over here, you know, in the on the side, and then the five stands around the back. Why don't they move them around? Like, put one of the main they, events. They okay.
2: You just ain't been doing the long.
1: Okay, so, but why yeah. don't they change it up? Still, I've been doing. I've, they, I've they, been there for five years.
2: Probably are due in the next year or so to have a big scramble again. Okay. Um, like the fee where the fee is. Yeah. Because you know, that's one of my favorite subjects, and so not yours. Um, <laughs> that's that's only been there for like last couple
1: years. Okay. It seems like so, the targets vary some, but it's still the, you know, and the yeah, years that I've been that,
2: going, that main event though, I tell you, they've had main event, in a lot of different places doing it along that road though, where half of each course could face one way and half to face the other. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good thing with helping level out the wind and the weather and stuff. Yeah. Now I'll tell you the one thing I'd love to see them change more so than where they put the targets. Um, I don't care who you are eight o'clock in the morning, main event, the first 30 minutes, it's dark. Yeah. And it can vary. Like if you get a station, that's more out in the open for that very first station, at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. you got a pretty good break. You got one that's more shaded under the trees, man, you feel like Ray Charles out there. Yeah. And I, I would love to see NSCA and I'm, I'm sure somebody's thought of this before and I'm sure there's some reason they can't, but if they could start, instead of going eight to five, they could go eight 30 to five 30. I think it'd be a world of difference because that last 30 minutes, it near as detrimental as that first 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you hear about on our last podcast, the, the uh, top 40 shooters being squatted together in the same rotation next year? Yeah. Yeah. what you think about that?
2: Uh, it's always a good idea. It's been tried before. Um, it's been done before. Yeah. Um, there'll be a bunch of bitching in the Yeah. It'll be, uh, logistically kind of a nightmare for a lot of people, but I think it's a good idea.
1: I mean, who will, who will be the complainers? I mean, the people in the top 40 or the people not in the top 40,
2: uh, the people in the top 40 that, that have a, that have friends they like to squad with, uh, that aren't in the top 40. I gotcha. You. Yeah. You know, Hey, we, you know, we came out here and we brought our four seat Ranger and we're used to squatting together. And now, you know, our buddy, who's the big dog, who's, you know, shooting in the top 40, can't shoot with us now. He's got to go rent a golf cart. Now we're not all riding at the same time. You know, blah, 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 blah. Now, is it probably a good idea to bust some of these big groups of friends up? Could be. Right. You know?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: But um, it, it's a good idea. There'll be also people playing that, you know, that they didn't make the cut. Well, they just need to have a... I don't know how they're going to determine the top 40, whether it's the top 40 finishes of the year previous or the top 40 All-American points or the top 40 points getters so far next year before nationals. They need to say how they're going to pick the top 40. Yeah. Um, and they need to stick to it. It needs to be like black and white. If it's subjective at all, it'll be a nightmare.
1: Well, we could probably name out the top 20 right now and not even have to worry about Right, uh, who, it's who the those next are? 20 right, yeah, and and if the you're
2: last in, ten, the last ten, the tough ones.
1: If they're in that top forty, you're talking about squad a minute ago. If they're in that top forty, they're probably not real worried about squadding with their buddies anyway because they want to win.
2: Well, that's way I would. Be. Last time this was tried, there were some very vocal top shooters about not wanting to do it.
1: Huh?
2: Yeah, I was I was very surprised too.
1: It don't matter to me. I would just shoot fat up the opportunity to be in the top 40 and shoot with those guys and, and you know, a chance to win. That's what I'd want to do. I care less about anything else. Yep.
2: so I think it's a good idea. I just, I'm just, you know, from past experience, we need to go at this eyes wide open and not assume mm-hmm. that it's going to be so easy. And yeah. NSCA needs to get ahead of it rather than, you know, people are signing up for nationals right now. There's already, um, Amy Crow told me the other day, there's already 400 and something people signed up for nationals. Now they've they've built their rotations. They've got their travel plans. They they're all riding together, and now they're going to find out they're going to have to break up. Oh well. Oh well. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Oh well. But if you want things to run smooth, and you don't want to be a bunch of drama. You get ahead of things and not come from behind.
1: Well, let me tell you what was a, what was uh what we need to get ahead of, and this isn't anybody's fault as far as a gun club's concerned. But Nationals had a huge problem with trappers this year.
2: Oh yeah. And And it's it's just going to get worse across the country.
1: And it's not, I was going to say, it's not just nationals. It's a lot of places that can't find trappers. I mean,
2: I mean today's labor market, how many restaurants have you been to lately where, you know, the dining rooms closed at uh, the fast food joint and they're only doing drive through because they can't find enough people to to clean the tables and, and take the food out or, you know, just all small businesses all over the country can't find the most basic of labor. Well, I mean, I made a couple inquiries about this, thinking about it the other day, and, um, you know, people, clubs typically pay, you know, I'm sure they're outliers, but in, in average that I talk to, it's 75 to 80 bucks to about 120 bucks a day
0: mm-hmm.
2: for a trapper. Right. And that's a, that's a long day. That's like be there at seven and you leave at six, you know. Um, where are you going to find people that will do that? Three or four or five days in a row, right? Yeah. How many hundreds of trappers do you need at a big shoot? Yeah. And then, and so then, like at nationals, what my understanding—I could be wrong—but what I had heard anecdotally is um, what happened is they had some um, military folks who were supposed to be there Saturday, Sunday to ref, and you know, last minute they just found out they they weren't coming. So they they had to do some score your own on some of the courses at the nationals because they didn't have enough referees.
1: That was was that in FTE task?
2: Uh, no, that was in um, sub gauge, I think, and maybe okay. like side side and pump gun or something. They 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 at least you know made it some of them. I hate to say this, but lesser important events as opposed to FTE right. you know, task, the main kind of thing.
1: You think this is going to be something that's going to we're going to see at more tournaments?
2: Yeah, I do country? because. Here's a couple of things that are going on. One, that situation, that labor situation is getting worse, not better. Mm-hmm. Two, um, there's an effort to try to get more newer clubs to, you know, like like they have a regional like Cross Creek. Okay. Yeah. Well, when Big Red Oak has regional or Backwoods Quail Club has regional, they've been doing big shoots for a while. They've built up a referee list to work off of you know they got people that they've used before so when you got it i'm not picking on cross cross creek at all they're just newer at it okay right so they're going to have a bigger hurdle of finding 150 referees yeah to do a regional as will any Club that's not used to doing them on a regular basis. Everybody always says two places they throw out, maybe three that they throw out, are you know always run really well. You know that's Eminem, uh, Backwoods Quail Club, uh, Northbrook, uh, Big Red Oak, Far City. Um, those places have been, been doing big shoots for a while. They have a they have a ready pool of people that have done this before that they can they can fill up their their referees because they've got people that done it before. Well, if you hadn't really done one of these big shoots, you've never really cultivated a mm-hmm. hundred referees, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's just going to be interesting to see how they handle it. I, I personally, I'd rather them see them have maybe a few less events and yeah. do it, do it well. And then start having, you know, score your own, yeah. sub gauge or or something like that. Yeah. Um you know, when it's a championship, there's a, there's a title that goes along with it and it might be, you know, 410 super vet regional champion, but that means something. Right. And um I think I think it it a it a feature event like that there needs to be referees. Yeah, it's s- my my opinion, you know, hey, I get it. It's hard to find enough people. If you can't find enough people, maybe you just don't need to have side-by-side side, pump gun you know i'd say it even super sporting or five stand maybe pick maybe pick pick fewer events and do a first-class job of them
1: right that's what i like what julia gilman and and jim gilman were doing with the the trappers um you know finding trappers for different shoots and do you know anything about that hmm. yeah i don't know exactly how they were doing it but i believe that they would go into a shoot and and have a list of trappers ready to go for these oh, yeah, for, yeah. for these different okay, places. I thought you are
2: talking about how they actually recruited them.
1: Oh no! Yeah, okay. there's
2: there's been groups like that um, in the past, and there are still in the future, and that that's great, and and it really is great. Um, it, it's just whether we can afford to pay what people are going to want to get paid. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you look at somebody and say, Hey, I'm going to give you a hundred dollar bill and you're going to sit here from eight o'clock in the morning to six in the evening in the sun with a bunch of people that are going to, you know, that a fair number of them going to argue with you about whether they had a chip off that bird or not.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's i I've often thought about that walking up to a station. How many people have already argued with these people ahead of me? You know what I mean? Yeah. And,
2: you know, I, I actually had pretty good experiences with referees at the Nationals. I, I've heard some people complain, you know, I think there was only like one person that I didn't feel like did a super job. And quite frankly, it was 5.30 in the afternoon, and she'd been sitting in that one seat all that time with a pair that was kind of hard to see. And, you know, she was tired. Yeah. And... She didn't do anything wrong. It just, you know, it was kind of. Sometimes there were quick pulls. Sometimes there were little late pulls. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she saw the birds, Sometimes she didn't. But yeah. I mean, been a long day for a hundred dollar bill. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're right. That's right. Uh, you know, you brought up something that I think's a, a a pretty good observation. But next year's schedule of shoots, they seem like they're all piled together. God Almighty. <laughs> You know, and I'm looking. I was the sitting and working on ago. schedule
2: two nights ago. And, um, I mean, it starts at about the, well, it starts with all the Florida shoots. For me, I've kind of picked the one in the Florida shoots I believe I'm going to do is the Jack Langs. Mm-hmm. So, that's kind of where I was focused. But from there, it's about every other week there's a major tournament. Yeah. Until, you know, into June. Yeah. Then there's a little bit of a lull because not a lot of people want to put big shoots on top of, you know, the world VTAS and, you know, that's in, that's in July, but then by the end of July, it's back to Northbrook for regional and, you know, right. And, I mean, it's just boom to boom to boom. It's every other week. Yeah. I mean, there's three, and you know, I love VTAS. They've got these three 200 bird world cup VTAS events. They're virtually in a row.
1: Yeah. Well, so, well, you won't get out of rhythm.
2: Yeah, yeah. It'll be, you know, it's going to be. It's 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 a luxury to for the shooters because they can pick and choose. Um, there's shoots that I really want to go to. There's shoots I kind of feel like I need to go to. But you know, we're 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 in a we're in a buyer's market. There's more shoots than there are very few people on this circuit that can budget the time, much less the money to go to the roster of major, major big blast shoots in the United States. Yeah. And I don't know if something's got to give or if, if we're just getting that many shooters. Um, but it's amazing to me. I think it has hurt some of the 200 man shoots. We all seem to used to go to in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, now everything's a 500 plus man regional or, you know, hell Georgia state. How big was that last year? Big. Almost 600. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, South Carolina state 450. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, what? Texas state, the Texas state is like the weekend after the world English. Yeah. So you go to the world, you go, I'm, I'm going to go out to Texas, go to the Browning Riley, shoot the 200 bird feet test event, teach over Easter at West side, and then go shoot the, um, world English championship, in San Antonio. And I kind of halfway want to try to stay and go up to defender and shoot at Travis Mears place for the Texas state. Cause it'll probably be. 700 shooters but i don't think i can be gone that long
0: yeah you can <laughs> castellani shooting vests are manufactured in italy and internationally recognized by elite shooters as the most popular lightweight shooting vests on the market castellani vests are especially known for their italian styling and superior craftsmanship and quality making them a vest of choice for all shooting disciplines Ultimate Shooting Accessories is the exclusive supplier of Castellani vests in the United States. Visit ultimateshootingaccessories.com for more information and to place your order.
1: How do, you, how do you plan? So someone that's, you know, and you're right when you said that not everybody can, one, get the time to go or have the means to go to all of these shoots. So how do you plan? How would, if you were one of these people, how do you plan your year?
2: Well, I mean, first off, They need to, you know, most people got to see what their, their family uh, will, will budget them for time. You know, how much time can you be away from home? Right. And how much time can you be away from work? Because these, these days you're there for, as you know, you're there for the better part of a week Mm -hmm. by the time you go and you get home. Right. Okay. So how many weeks vacation you got that you don't have to take the family to the beach or something else? Um, How much money you got? And then you pick, you know, are you trying to make all American team? Well, then you need to go where the most points are available. Are you trying to make, are you trying to make the USA sporting place team fit for sporting? Well, then there's certain shoots you got to go to. Um, but if not pick the shoots that have the, the reputation, the kind of shoot and the kind of place you want to go to. And, and if, if you don't have anything specific you're trying to achieve, I always encourage people, if you've, been to, if you've been to Northbrook a couple times, and it's coming around this year, and it's between Northbrook and, say, Providence Hill, uh, Providence Plantation for the South uh, South Central Regional, maybe go to Providence to, to try a new place. There's so many great venues in this country that, that you can shoot in totally different surroundings than you're maybe used to in your home area. Yeah.
1: You know. you know the thing about Providence is this gonna be in uh June? Am I right? Yeah. June? Right. Uh,
2: no, no. Providence is uh later. It's August or September. Okay.
1: August or September, regardless. It's hot. And the yeah. the good thing about that is they've got ponds and lakes everywhere. You just jump in if you get hot. <laughs> they don't have that up at Northbrook. But also it's not as hot at North at Northbrook.
2: It's not as I don't know that it's been pretty damn hot up there in Northbrook and horse and hunt that upper Midwest can bake in July and August. Um, yeah, I mean it'll be hot at Providence, but they do such a good job hospitality wise there.
1: If I'm picking one of the two, I'm going to Northbrook. Just
2: yep. saying. Northbrook's hard to beat. I'm just gonna try to do both of them.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but it's, um it's hard. I mean, there's, there's lots of kind of local kind of shoots that historically I've been to, but am I going to go to the, you know, well, like the Gamil used to go to the Gamil used to be a big thing to go to Gamil for me all the time. Yeah. You but don't. it gets lost nowadays. I mean, between all these regionals or like the regionals, like a U.S. Open used to be.
1: Yeah. I said you don't hear a lot about Gamel anymore. I know it still goes on, and I enjoy going. It's still but, a good shoot, right? But you East don't Coast hear much.
2: Championship, another good shoot. Um, and I'm just thinking, kind of in our area here, but it's tough. It's it amazes me the calendar. The calendar is just bustling with these mega mega shoots. Yeah. So it's a buyer's it's a it's a buyer's market. They need to put some thought into it. Spread them out. It gets tough to go back to back to back um, and pick places, you know, that you haven't, maybe you haven't been to before based on reputation.
1: Yeah. And if you don't have a lot of time off, something that I've done before is if I've got the weekend off, I leave on Friday and try to shoot as much as I can And fr- on, you know, if I get there early enough Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. So I didn't have to take off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, you know, so it can be done with maybe one day of work off, but it's going to be tough.
2: It's going to be tough. I mean, you know. a lot of it will be based on either the driving distance or, like, say, if you went to Providence and you were trying to fly home, you're trying to fly and fly home Sunday night, you probably ain't not get home on Sunday night flight out of, out of Mississippi. Right. But if you're at Northbrook, you could probably get a flight out of Chicago Sunday night. That's right. So those, those are things you have to consider. And then, you know, this whole, whole new wrinkles getting thrown into driving to Texas because of all the, you know, all the car theft stuff.
1: I'm telling you, you know, we went down there this year and, and almost didn't want to go do anything simply because of that. Yeah. You know, it's like you want to get further and further and further away from the club in that area, just so you don't have something happen to your stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, had
2: a, I had a brand new truck. I, dr- I got it the day before I drove out, and I was so worried about it. I left it at the gun club and caught rides back and forth to the hotel.
1: <laughs> but, Come on, Will. Nobody wants your truck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Heck, it took three months to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you got one. A lot of people can't yep. get one right now. You know, yep. can't find So it.
2: it's a, I, I think NSCA is going to have to up its game on some security around there, if nothing else, to keep morale up. And then people are going to have to demand these hotels have more security, or just start staying further out of San Antonio.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, you know. And what's you know, Mark Baltz's or everybody that's in Clay shooting the the forum on Facebook.
2: Tyndale old platinum F two fifty gets stolen.
1: And yeah, and flipped. And the cops yeah. won't chase them because it, it it uh it's dangerous to the to the public because these guys will go crazy. And drive your truck wide and, open. And,
2: and I know the hotel Mark's at. It's a nice hotel, and, and it's not in a bad part of town.
1: I want to hear the full story from Mark. I want to hear Maybe exactly. I want to get him on here for him. <laughs> I want to hear the whole story. I was going to ask him at nationals, but I, he's probably got asked 250,000 times, so I didn't yeah, ask him.
2: But I just didn't feel like making him go through it all again.
1: <laughs> yeah. But at least, listen, the good part of it is he got a flip-flop, a hat, and some keys out of the whole deal. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But yep. anyway, talking about these big shoots to go to, I know that one that I'm, I'm going to go to is the Gator Cup because it's always good. I like Fred Maria Absolutely. Um, you, and easy Absolutely.
2: And, you know, they just had kind of a shakedown cruise this weekend. They had past weekend, they had the Fraser 500 in honor of my good friend Chuck Frazier. Um, yeah. And that gave them an opportunity to run, you know, multiple events over the course of a weekend. They had FITAS, they had, they had Super Sporting, FITAS, five stand, mm-hmm. prelim. In a main event,
1: that's correct. Yeah, I shot and, there. Uh, yeah, I shot. Yeah, there. I
2: wasn't there. I couldn't make it. I couldn't get back in time for Texas. But, but it sounds like, uh, sounds like it went well, huh?
1: It did. It was. It was. I mean, I thought it was. It was perfect. I mean the 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 people, the hospitality there is always great. Cody Matson, which you've talked you've talked about several times, he set some great targets, and you can ask anybody that was there that the targets were perfect. The they weren't too hard. They weren't too easy. The scores are in line with all the classes, and you know I've heard several people talking about how much fun they have.
2: And I'll tell you, um, I'm glad to hear that. And and I'll I'll tell you something a lot of people don't take into account. Matter Anthony would tell you this in a heartbeat. Setting targets in the fall of the year in trees in the woods, which is Cherokee roses, heavily wooded, mm-hmm. is tough. It it's is really tough because you got light coming in at a low angle through those trees and you got more bad background and more stroby light than ever before. And for him to, for you to say that about the targets and those conditions, uh, that means he really put in some work.
1: Well, you know, there was, I think there was 15 stations on each course. Okay. And I shot both courses. Well, let me, let me start over the prelim and super sporting was on one course. The main was on one course. Okay. So they got two courses out there that were, that they were running and I only had one station per course that had a stroby bird on, that I thought was, I couldn't really see that well, but there's nothing you could do about it, you know? Right. And it was other than that. I mean, I still, I still ran the station, so it wasn't that big of a deal. It was just a little stroby, but you're going to have that anywhere you go in normally. On,
2: yep. Especially in the fall or, right. or early spring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But the food was great. The hospitality was perfect.
2: Oh, they know how, they know how to put it on there. Yeah. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think
2: the Gator Cup is going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be something else. I think I think you know the the twist that uh, Cherokee Rose is going to bring to it with hospitality is going to be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, Double D and Gene they, and and Fred Maria that's that's what they're concerned with
2: is yep. making sure everybody's taken care of. And, and and I'm just so happy to hear you know jokes you didn't shoot the feed again. I got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but everybody raved about Joe's FITAS targets. Yeah, Joe set FITAS on the same ground the last time Cherokee Rose had FITAS. I guess it was at Georgia State, what, 15 years ago?
1: Joe Canney, uh, that is.
2: Yep, and I shot yeah. those targets in, and he set them now, and he's going to be setting them again at the Gator Cup. So I'm excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You and know, gang. did you know people's talked about parking at Cherokee Rose? Did you know that they just acquired Property across the street. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to have yep. as parking.
2: Clear that out and yep. make some more parking. Yeah. That's going to be awesome.
1: The, the parking is not going to be an issue at all. So, anybody that's worried about parking, you don't need to worry about that. Pr- trust me. You'll have plenty of places to park. Cool. So, um, it, it, uh, something yeah, else. It's,
2: de- it's definitely one of the shoots on my list. I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, um, Jack Links, Seminole Cup, then Gator Cup.
1: Well, are you signed up for Gator Cup? Oh yeah. Okay. Because it's, f- it's full. It's full. <laughs> there's a yep. waiting list. If anybody wants to go, you better go ahead and get on the waiting list now. Because- yeah.
2: And, and most likely if you got on the waiting list now, you'll probably get in. Because there's always a wave or two of people that find out that their wife isn't going to let them go or something's going on at work. and right. They have to pull out and then they go start working their way down the waiting list, putting people in. Yeah. Same thing with um, US Open. Uh, basically, it's been, for all practical purposes, full for uh, quite a while now um Rick said you know yes if somebody wants to get in they get on the waiting list they're probably going to get in but um you're not going to have your pick of shoot times and pick of pick of events i mean it's these days you have to sign up for stuff like a year out if you want to get decent rotations right. i signed up for uh what I signed up for last night i signed up for browning Briley, world english and um Something else. Oh, Georgia Georgia State signed up for three shoots last night just to kind of go ahead and get my name in there and, and get squad times on it.
1: Yeah, I'm not signed up for any of that. I'm not Rick. You better get on stick. I know Rick's listening oh, to this. But I know you're an, p-
2: important, you're an <laughs> important figure now. Yeah. You're internet famous.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You well, and Gary Fitzgerald, y'all are internet famous. So you probably can get what you need.
1: Hey, I'm going to say something about Gary. Gary did a podcast <laughs> with uh, this. It, we just re- we released it. With um, uh, David Nieder from uh, Texas,
2: cross F- point, yeah,
1: yeah, and he they really covered some good stuff. Uh, it was I really expected it to be more cussing with Gary, but yeah. but it was it was really good stuff. It was about setting targets and how to how yeah. how they David like to set is targets.
2: A really good target setter.
1: Yeah, if you hadn't listened. to I that. wish
2: you'd get out and set more. He he does a really good job.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know the U.S. Opens full, so I have to. I guess I'll have to get on a waiting list for that, but I'm definitely going to try to go.
2: You're, like I said, you're important.
1: you get in. <laughs> yeah. So as a full, uh, you're a full-time <laughs> coach right? and you have clients nearly every day of the week, all year. Does mm-hmm. it, does this make you n- not want to ever go shoot?
2: No. Like I kind of talked about when we were talking about leading up to nationals. Um, I still love shooting. I really love competing. I do have to kind of schedule in time for myself to practice. Like yeah. I said, it, it's really hard after being on the range eight hours um, and f- come five o'clock uh, to get excited to go grab a five of shells and run back out and shoot some more. Even even though you're, you know, you're visiting some club that's got awesome targets for here at the school, I can kind of create whatever I want. I've got, you know, 25 machines and clay bots and towers and, you know, I can make up whatever I want to do. Uh, but if you've been standing on the range all day watching targets, you're kind of like over it. You know, you're 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 done for the day. You don't want to go out there and shoot some more, and you have to work at it. So, what I have to do is schedule, you know, days or at least afternoons off to go privacy Yeah, and um, it doesn't kill my desire for it at all. I still love it. Matter of fact, you know, take a lesson with me. You'll 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 know. I'll get itchy and every now and then. Say, hey, let me let me hold your gun. Let me try that one too. You know, what I mean, I just. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, but when you've been on the range all day for a week, it's hard to get fired up to go practice and you have to practice to keep your confidence level up to shoot the kind of scores that need to be shot these days to win. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so, right.
2: That's so, just the way it rolls. So you gotta, you gotta be doing what I do. You have to get to budget time for yourself to go practice.
1: So Fennel shooting school is, is the name of your, your establishment. Mm-hmm are you coaching competitive shooters or recreational shooters or both or hunters? What are you
2: both? But, but if, if, if you had to pick kind of what I'm bring the most to the table for, um, or most known for is usually coach competitive shooters. I, I got plenty of wing shooters and I got, I got plenty of recreational guys that I have a great time with. And I, you know, and I like that my wife is especially good with that. We're also the instructors down at Kiowa Island at the gun club there. Mm-hmm. She spends more of her time at Kiowa because she really loves that environment down there. What what lady doesn't go to Charleston and fall in love with it? Right. So she does lots and lots and lots of recreational shooters there. Now, she does do some competitive shooters, does a great job with that also. But her passion probably is getting new shooters um, uh, involved in the sport and over their initial fears and you know self-conscious things and stuff and get people on the road to shooting uh she does an amazing job with that um so we kind of cover the gamut that way
1: you know i just thought about something i've known you for a while and i've never met your wife guess you've never met mine either
2: yeah that's right <laughs> never met yours either <laughs> got to fix that, man. Yeah,
1: I got. I got to meet Elizabeth. Doesn't she do something with a female group? with Grits? Is she still involved yep, with that?
2: Grits. It's a. It's a organization she founded. Uh, girls really into shooting, and I mean, she just had, um, I mean, you know, a group of them traveled around North and South Carolina shooting for the last two or three days, and there she's taken, I think, a dozen or fourteen women to Wales to shoot driven pheasants coming up next month, and. Uh, they have, I think, I lose track. I think there's 26, 27 chapters around the United States of Grits, and they all travel around and shoot together and do all kinds of, all kinds of stuff, getting more ladies involved in the sport, and they have an absolute blast. I never forget <clears throat> being with them up in New York, and she, Elizabeth was visiting a chapter up there, and somebody's gun started jamming, so I jumped in the cart and I ran we were ten mile River Preserve, and I ran down to the clubhouse to borrow another gun. And, um, so the course is kind of up on the mountain and I go roaring up in a, in a UTV or whatever I was driving. And the manager and the assistant manager are standing outside and they're looking up at the mountain, their mouth's hanging open. And I turn the, the vehicle off and said, what are y'all looking at? And they said, what's that sound? It sounds like coyotes or something up on that mountain. <laughs> and it was the women all hooting and hollering and laughing and carrying on and having a good time. So yeah, they, uh, they know how to turn. <laughs> shooting clays into just an unbelievable good time with no scorecards. They don't allow any scorecards. And, uh, that helps a lot of new shooters get over the fear of being compared to the experienced shooters kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if that's what it takes, you yep. know, I think, I think it's good that, that women get involved with, with the sport for sure.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, so, um, let's talk about test for a second. You know, I don't shoot test, and you bring, yeah, you're going to, and you you bring this up to me more often than, than not is why I don't shoot it. So give, not for me, but just in general, give me a step-by-step instruction on how you would help someone feel comfortable with test and how to
2: succeed in it. Okay. So kind of assuming they're already a sporting shooter, right? but they just haven't taken that step in the test. Yeah. Well, first thing I just tell them up front, look, over half the targets are singles and you get full use of the gun. So over half the targets, you get two shots at it. Mm-hmm. First off, two shots is more fun. Second off, we ought will be able to hit them. We'll get two shots at them. Right. Right. Yeah. Hope so. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's more fun from my point of view, because there's more unique targets. So like at nationals, they ran what we call new style feet tests. So every shooting position is, had its own set of machines. So when you move to the next hoop or peg, as we call it, it's a whole nother set of machines, a whole nother set of problems to solve. So you see more unique targets. Mm -hmm. You you get two shots at most of them. Um, and the only thing you have to do is start with the gun, lower down the front of your chest, you know, a little ways. Yeah. And you can't move the gun. Do you see the bird? So, that means all you really have to do is learn how to mount the gun efficiently, which you should learn how to do to shoot sporting, also. Right. I mean, anytime you got to wait on the bird, it's a good time to get the gun kind of down out of your face somewhat. Right. So, I get a real simple way to teach people how to mount the gun. Um, it takes about 10 minutes, it takes some practice after that, but it teach you how to do it, it takes about 10 minutes. And after that, you're off to the international version of sporting clays. You know, when you go to the World English Sporting Championships and what we call sporting plays, the rest of the world calls English sporting, because really us in England and a little bit in Canada and a little bit in Scandinavia, that's about it, that shoot English sporting. Right. So you go to the World English Sporting Championship and there's maybe four teams, four national teams, five maybe go to the World FITAS Championship and there's 40 teams, national teams. Because if you're in Australia or South Africa or Germany or France or Italy and they say, let's go shoot sporting, they take you to shoot what we call FITAS. So it's the international version of sporting plays. Hmm. And it's just a whole lot more fun. If there was enough FITAS, I'd probably never shoot sporting plays again. You know, and It's not that I don't like sporting plays, I just like FITAS much more.
1: Yeah, A lot of people say that. You know, yeah. you hear a lot of people,
2: say it, it's more unique presentations. You don't just stand there and repeat a pair over and over again till you miss one. Um, and overheads targets are singles and you need to shoot twice at them. So,
1: yeah. It in a, a world, and I'm not, I'm not taking this away from anybody, but in a world fee task championship, more valuable, so to speak than a world sporting,
2: I think so. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah just because you're, of beating, you're yeah. playing against the world yeah not just us in England yeah and and the other thing I really like about it um we mentioned referees earlier cast referees are much more highly trained and dedicated so there's basically no monkey business there's no getting over on the referee kind of thing
1: is there no there's also no coaching
2: right no coaching in FITAS and in England, there's no coaching in sporting place, which is a rule I wish we would adopt here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can't, you can't. The guy that's up there shooting, you can't start telling him he's in front or behind or give it some more or that kind of stuff. Because and, and the main reason they do that in fittest is because it slows the game down. Yeah. It's not so much about the value of the coaching you would be giving it's the fact that you slow the game down so when they have a world FITAS or a European FITAS championship big big shoot um, you're limited to 15 seconds well in any fetas event you're limited to 15 seconds between shooting at one bird and calling for the next and that's to keep things moving because if you're trying to get a thousand people through today and every squad takes an extra minute. <laughs> Yeah. Then you're, sh- you know, the last squads out, and it's getting dark.
1: Right. Yeah. I like that.
2: So, yeah. I wish there was. I wish there was no, no coaching at all in in, in sporty place in the U.S. either. but Maybe we'll get there one day.
1: That must be. But wh-
2: there's not any in Fitas.
1: That must be why you shoot a gun called a parkour. Just Absolutely. You- <laughs> Just because you like Fitas so much. Yep.
2: And I, I really love that gun. You know, I was a, a contract shooter for another company for. Uh, 16, 17 years. Love the guns there. Love the people. Um, left, went to work for a Krieghoff dealer briefly, and accepted a Krieghoff sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the parkour. It, um, it really suits my style of shooting. Uh, it's a very neutral balance. There's the the weight in the gun is all between your hands. The barrels are exceptionally light, lightest sporting lightest over under barrels on the market. And um, you know, and then you got that good old K80 in the middle that's you know strong like a tiger tank, and um, the gun really suits me well. After yeah. I left working for that dealer, the other company gave me a chance to come back. I just like the parkour so much. I stayed. I really did. Mm-hmm. I I I value that gun a lot. Um, I've tried some other guns and some other barrel configurations of the Krieghoff. And, uh, keep going back to the original parkour barrels. Yeah. Fix choke, let it rip, tater chip. Like it.
1: Yeah. Um, they've also come out with, and you're a off sponsored shooter. You've been that for a long, since I've known you. And you're not going to move to the parkour X?
2: No, 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 no. Okay. Hmm. Now they sent me a set of those barrels to test. Um, I understand why they make them. Some people like chocolate. Some people like vanilla. Some people wanted a barrel that weighed a little bit more. Um, I shouted a little bit, called back to the mothership and said, Hey, these X barrels, they're not going to become, we're not going to quit making the original barrels. Right. And they said, Oh no, no, the X barrels are just, there's an option in case somebody wants them. And they said, why? I said, well, cause if you were quitting making the original barrels, I was going to order two or three sets of those just to keep in reserve. Uh, I like them dramatically better than the X barrels. Dramatically. Um, I like the 34s. I probably like the 34s when I do the X barrels. But I've shot 32-inch barrels for so long, I didn't really see an advantage in me changing. Um, I, I really like the parkour barrels just the way they are. The only thing I did, the set that I shoot currently, I ordered it in advance and ordered the chokes the way I wanted it. I ordered it Uh German iMod in both barrels, so it mics about 30 thousandths of both barrels.
1: Good gracious.
2: And because of that, I do, you know, I shoot Fiocchi and I do make good use of Fiocchi spreader loads occasionally. Yeah. Uh, Not a lot, but occasionally I probably used over the course of the whole nationals. I might've used all the stuff I shot. I probably used two boxes of them. Yeah. But they give out of my fixed choke gun, they give a 36 inch pattern, 34 inch pattern at 20 yards. So it's kind of like having a cylinder choke in your pocket.
1: Yeah. Nice. I could, yep. I could use that sometime. i just take my choke yeah. out and go with it.
2: Yeah, if I, if my gun had screw chokes, that's what I'd do, too, or just put a cylinder in. Yeah. But since mine's own six choke, this just gives me an option of having a wide-open pattern when I need it.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty big pattern to have a, coming out of an eye. It's, it's
2: essentially the same as a cylinder choke pattern.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to venture off to say that you're…
2: Now, it, and then the one other addition to my gun is… It's, it's stocked by the best, it's stocked by Jim Greenwood.
1: So well, let's talk about that for a second. I Jim finished my stock, I don't know when it was, a few few months back. And I absolutely love that stock that that my gun. It's un it fits unbelievably. The recoil, just everything. It makes everything
2: easier, doesn't
1: it? I'm telling you. And once you get it like you want it, or you know, I can you can tell a difference for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's he did a great job on it. I mean, absolutely amazing job. And I can't thank him enough for doing it.
2: I had I had a, I had a, a friend who's a very, very accomplished shooter. And, uh, he always had, you know, the typical adjustable comb and, you know, spacers in the back under the recoil pad and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. He always made it work. I mean, he's like, I said, he's a very accomplished shooter. And, um, he asked me what I thought about doing a stock with Jim. And I said, you know, well, after, after you've done it, you kind of can't imagine shooting any other way. So he did the pattern stock process and he called me up. He said, you I said, what do you mean? He said, you didn't tell me how much better this was. He said, I said, let me guess you're used to mounting the gun and then kind of snuggling into the stock and then going after the target. And now you don't have to do that. Right. He said, absolutely. Now the gun just comes up and I go after the target. Yeah, that's right. Cause it just all falls into place when it fits you. Right.
1: Yeah. You don't have to do all that checking. Yep. You know, it's, it's, all that goes away. Um I I'm gonna say that your biggest win lately is probably the twenty twenty senior world feet test championship. Yep. You won that. Yep. And you also this year finished fourth in Veterans at Nationals and in the main and feet task. Mm-hmm. So so what's next for you? What's what's your goals
2: now? Big world feet test next year, Italy. Come on. You ready? I don't need you to go with me.
1: <laughs> oh, you're asking me to go with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go over there.
2: I'd like Absolutely. to go there. I'd like you know, to go to the there. truck stop. Food is good in Italy. What? I said the truck stop food is good in Italy. <laughs> Plus you can't be world champion unless you go to the world championship. So, you know, you got to go.
1: Well, I would like to go just, uh, is that the place that does or does not have air
2: conditioning? Uh, you always want to check and make sure your hotel does. Y- yeah. If they don't. But, you can forget it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty toasty in Italy that time of year. Yeah. They better have air. You gotta around. go, man. They'll probably, I bet, unless COVID really flares up again or something, you know, typically, I think the last time it was in Italy, we probably had 80 Americans go. Nice. Yeah.
1: Just get me a room wherever you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just got to go with the
1: team. Yeah. Well, I go with the team. That's yeah. fine. I'll go over there with them. So... But, uh, well, I, I've had, I a- mean,
2: that's, that's, you know, that's the big shoot of the year. Every year for me is the world fee test. Um, obviously I'll be really excited about the world sporting, uh, the nationals, the open at Rick's will be good. The Gator cups be good. Seminole cup be good. Uh, Georgia state really excited about that. Um, yep. going to be a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff
0: going on.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, I've had a good time talking to you. I think this was actually a pretty good old conversation. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Um, where are you going to be next? I mean, it's the end of the year, but where are you going to be next? What's your, you're going to stay at the house, you know, cool uh, out for a little while.
2: Uh, well, I got Greenwood coming in, uh, Thanksgiving and we do nine days of pattern stocks and teaching here. Um, I think, I'll,
1: I think you may be the only private club that has Jim Greenwood come. Am I right or wrong?
2: Um, well, he came to West Side with us of the private club, but he kind of did yep. to debt with me. So, yeah, I'm talking about with you. Yep. though. Yep. He'd come spring and fall here. You know, we started that. You know, Jim had that, that tragedy when his when his um, when his place burned down. Right. And I immediately invited him out here and said, "Hey, you get here, I'll get you full. We'll, st- we'll get that cash flow going again." Yeah. And so we've been. He's been coming in spring and fall every year here now since since that happened. Yeah. And we have a good time. I mean, I'm, you know, look, everybody comes in, they do this stock with Jim. They spend the night, they usually do a lesson with me the next day with their new stock. So it's, you know, it's good for my, good for my teaching business, but also I work with Jim on, you know, I watch him and ask questions and go in and help and do with all the fittings and all the pattern stocks. And I'll learn more and more and more for myself about fitting. Yeah. He's the man. I do a lot of gun fitting, but he does my gun fitting
1: yeah he's definitely very smart with it um yep. and, and for people listening that don't know, I'm sure you if you're in this sport, you had to have heard of Jim Greenwood, and if you know he's very busy and he's out of Kansas, so if you're on the east coast uh and he's coming to Wills place, he's normally booked, but you might want to check
2: and, yeah he's uh, he's he, we're definitely full right now with a waiting sorry. list, okay. but you could check for next spring, yeah. Um yeah, just give me give me a call, I'll put you on the list to notify for next spring. Uh we may do the I'm trying to con him in to go in with me to West Side uh again next spring between um the Browning Briley and the World English. Mm-hmm. So that might be an opportunity I don't even confirm yet, but I figured if I throw this out on the internet, it might force Jim's hand in doing it. Uh, <laughs> 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 so um He's, um, he's in demand. He's very much in demand. You know, with Jim, you do a pattern stock first and that's what he does. When he's at my place, you do a pattern stock.
1: No bondo. uh, He does it all out of wood.
2: He does it all out of wood. Very rarely does he ever have to do any bondo. And usually the times he's had to do bondo is when somebody's insisted he do something that he didn't want to do. And then he has to go put it back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, he's amazing. He's super talented. You know, he's a hell of a good shot too.
1: He is. You know, he is and that, that's surprising. It's not, it's surprising. I say it's surprising because he's always working and he don't have time to shoot, but Jared, he, his boy, he can run he's with the really best. Tearing it up. He he can run with the best of them. I mean, yep, they're,
2: they're absolutely,
1: they're both really good. Um, also you have Dan Carlaw come into your place for people that don't know about that. Tell them yep, about that.
2: Yep. Dan comes uh, again twice a year. We do a uh, joint clinic like he and I used to do in the old days. Dan when I first <clears throat> started shooting, Dan actually lived in South Carolina. It's where we got to be buddies, and he's the one that got me started shooting and then got me started teaching. Um, we teach, you know, I teach exactly what he's taught me. We stay, we like to get together and do these clinics, kind of keeps us both sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, probably sometime next year, I haven't set the dates yet, probably be in April or something. He'll come in for a week. We'll take groups of six people for the day. Uh, they'll alternate working between Dan and I over the the course of the day. Uh, and we'll, we'll do 10, 11 days of that straight and then we'll do it again in the fall. So that's, uh, that's always a hit. It's always sells out. We always try to get you over here and you always come up with some reason why you can't make it. And, um, so we have to talk to you on the phone. Otherwise you could come here and we could record a podcast in person. Yeah. Uh, that's a good idea do that get dr colo in occasionally i try to do that some more this year henry so we, we kind of try to keep things going here around the school the school's a, a private teaching setting it's not a public course and so it's kind of tailor-made for that kind of stuff
1: yeah you also have henry come in sometimes if he can get here
2: yep hopefully we're going to get henry back because uh, he, he, uh, the uk is opening back up hopefully henry's going to be here in the spring yeah don't know yet for sure but that's what we're working on and uh he is an amazing dude you will definitely need to come meet him face to face when he comes over buddy
1: yeah he might be able to read my thoughts
2: uh no it's kind of a blank screen that, like that <laughs> so let's delve a little deeper i might have to get a ouija board out to get you
1: I will tell people how to find you and find out how to keep up with all this stuff
2: oh uh, obviously social media uh, facebook uh, fennel shooting school on facebook and instagram but, Um, www.fennelshootingschool.com is the website. uh, And I'm in most all the major shoots. Look me up.
1: There you go. Will Fennel. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate your time.
2: No problem, buddy. Anytime. It's like the old days.
1: All right. We'll see you, Will. Talk to you
2: soon.